You're listening to the Star Wars Blip Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Star Wars Blip Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, before we get into it, make sure you subscribe to the Star Wars Blip Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It helps out the show so much when you do. All right, let's get into this episode. Welcome to the show. I'm so stoked for this episode. It is Ahsoka Chapter 1, Part 1, Master and Apprentice. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into the breakdown. I was super happy with this episode. Uh, all, I, I can already tell that this show is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, let's jump right into the breakdown. The scene uh, opens up with a New Republic cruiser patrolling their sector when Balin Skull and Shin Hati fly a disguised old Jedi ship. They board the cruiser and kill everyone on board. Maybe not everyone, but a lot of them. Uh, their mission is to free Morgan as Elsbeth from the clutches of the New Republic. Uh, so Balin frees Morgan. Uh, Skull's fighting style is very reminiscent to a Jedi as he plows his way through the hallways, defeating the guards. We later find out that Balin was, in fact, a Jedi and even built his lightsaber at Hu Yang's temple workshop. Before we go further... There is going to be spoilers in this episode. If you didn't already know, I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, there's going to be spoilers. So um, if you want to keep yourself from spoilers, go watch Ahsoka right now. What are you doing? Get off the couch. Go watch Ahsoka right now. Pause this podcast. Uh, anyways, moving on. After this, Ahsoka goes to a Sisters temple and extracts a key to a map that gives the location of Thrawn. Now, this key is not your typical key. It doesn't really look like a key. Uh, it actually is this kind of like silver golden ball type thing that basically unlocks uh, a map when you use dark magic on it. And later we can see Morgan Elsbeth doing that in chapter two. Uh, so yeah, while leaving, Ahsoka confronts a pack of assassin droids. Once she defeats them, the droids self-destruct, and Ahsoka has to run from the scene. She barely escapes with her life, and she barely makes it on to uh, her ship. After this, Hu Yang, Ahsoka's trusty droid from the Jedi Temple, uh, Hu Yang and Ahsoka meet up with Harrison Dula and discuss the two dark dark Jedi who killed the New Republic captain. They are known as Balin Skull and Shin Hattie, a master and an apprentice. Hera suggests that Ahsoka meet with Sabine because she's the only one capable of cracking the key, thus giving the location of where Thrawn is, and possibly Ezra. Because in Rebels, this is very critical to know for the Ahsoka show, in Rebels, at the end of Rebels actually, Ezra was on the sh same ship that Grand Admiral Thrawn was, and that ship blasted off into hyperspace uh, with the windows open, like there were no windows on the ship. So they could be anywhere, anywhere in time. They could be in the world between the worlds. We don't know. But Ahsoka's hope and, you know, you know, Hera's hope is if they find Thrawn, they will also find Ezra, which is pretty, you know, I think it's pretty logical because they were both in the same spot when, you know, Thrawn went missing. The scene turns to Sabine on a speeder bike pacing through an abandoned highway on Lothal. The leader of Lothal is perplexed, 
perplexed why Sabine didn't show up for the ceremony, so he orders his guards to pursue Sabine Wren. She slides under a ship barricade and parks at Ezra's former tower home. Now uh, this tower home is Sabine's home. So it's pretty cool how that kind of structure is passed down. Sabine turns on the last uh, hologram message as Ezra sent to the crew before the war. Ahsoka lands on Lothal uh, and meets with Sabine. She explains to Ren the key. Sabine steals the key and goes back home. Ahsoka's very upset because she went. She felt like Sabine went behind her back. Now, if you don't know uh, Sabine's personality or character, she's very, very rambunctious. If you tell her no she will find a way to tell you yes. Like, she does not follow orders at all by any means. And I think it was good that Lucasfilm put Sabine in this rambunctious phase early on so that the general public, if they don't know Sabine, they can tell, oh, she's a rule breaker, not a rule follower. She's an adventurous. Uh, She takes matters into her own hands. So, pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, Ahsoka is upset that Sabine took the key without asking. Hu Yang is now able to identify Bamlin Skull's lightsaber, and he explains that Skull's lightsaber matches his memory of a young student at the Jedi Academy long ago. This means that Bamlin Skull was once a Jedi, thus explaining his very Jedi-esque fighting style in the early minutes of the episode. Sabine is at home when she is ambushed by assassin droids looking for the key that Sabine has. The droids make off with the key, and Shin Hattie confronts Sabine on Lothal. They duel with their lightsabers, Sabine using a green lightsaber, old Ezra's lightsaber, and Shin Hattie using hers, uh, her red Sith lightsaber. They duel until Hattie brutally wounds Sabine with a stab through the torso. She leaves with the key. And that is the end of the episode. Uh, Really, really good first episode. Um, and here are my thoughts. Uh, I would rate the episode a 10 out of 10. 10 out of freaking 10. It, it, everything just really felt like Star Wars. I know, you know, some of these shows, um, these new kind of Star Wars shows, they don't feel like Star Wars at times. I'm talking about like Andor. There's not a lot of aliens. You know, there's goats. There's space AKs. There's a lot of humans. You know, and then every once in a while, a TIE fighter flies into Andor, and you're like, oh, I'm in Star Wars. So it doesn't feel like Star Wars um, with Andor, but Ahsoka really, really did feel like a Star Wars movie. It literally felt like the original trilogy. And even the first episode that we saw, there was a, you know, there was a a crawl at the the, uh, beginning of the episode. There was a text crawl, which is like the text moving Uh, in a vertical fashion, and it was red, and it was explaining kind of the events uh, that are going to unfold in the Ahsoka show. So I thought that was really cool how they, you know, they took an old kind of thing dedicated to Star Wars movies, these kind of like crawls, and they put it into the Ahsoka show. Really, really cool. Um, Yeah, and we will see uh, Mark the Inquisitor in the next episode breakdown. Uh, But yeah, no, this episode was really good, uh, especially just like starting right off the bat with like violence and chaos uh, with Balin Skull and Shin Hattie boarding the New Republic cruiser and just wreaking havoc, um, I thought was so cool. And even just in the first couple minutes, we, we... Dave Filoni establishes that Balin Skull and Shin Hattie are scary and they're formidable. And especially Balin Skull is, you know, one of my favorite characters so far in this show. He is absolutely so cool. Um, And even his, his, you know, 
it's so weird seeing a Sith fight like a Jedi. Like when Balin Skull was blocking the blaster fights uh, or the or the blaster bolts, uh, it looked so much like Qui Gon Jinn or Obi Wan or even Anakin. It was it was so oh man, just seeing someone wield a Jedi that way again just felt really refreshing because the last time we saw that it was like Clone Wars. It was you know sequels or I mean prequels. My bad. Um, yeah, and even just like Balin Skull using the force to choke that one guy, it was like, oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, and even this, the Star Wars stuff podcast I was listening to the other day, they were saying, oh, I feel like Star Wars now, every time there's a Sith in a hallway, make it exactly like Rogue One with Darth Vader. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, it, it did kind of give, oh, Darth Vader in the hallway, Rogue One scene with Balin Skull with the New Republic cruiser, uh, fighting those guards, so... That is not a problem, but it's just interesting to point out. Uh, Balin's Skull uh, is probably one of my favorite characters. Um, and it's interesting to find out, like we are, it's confirmed that Balin's Skull was once a Jedi because, as we know, Hugh Yang found out that his, his uh, saber was part of the Jedi Academy, which means he was once a Jedi. Um, and maybe, you know, something happened and he rejected the Jedi and became, you know, a dark force user or whatever. I don't think Balin Skull and Shin Hattie are exactly Sith. I don't think they are exactly Sith. Um, they might just be hired mercenaries that aren't exactly Jedi. Uh, because, you know, as Balin Skull said, as he stabs the commander on the New Republic cruiser, we are no Jedi. And he guts them through with his lightsaber. Um, so, really cool. Also, the opening scene with Ahsoka on the, you know, Night Sisters temple where she gets the key was really reminiscent to Jedi Fallen Order. And I know, Davey, if you're listening to this, you 100% agree, or maybe you don't, but I'm pretty sure you agree um, that, you know, that kind of opening scene, a lot of Star Wars fans are like, oh, that's just, that's Jedi Fallen Order, that's Jedi Survivor, because it's like this POV shot of Ahsoka, you know, solving puzzles and doing challenges exactly like Jedi Fallen Order. So it's interesting. Um, and just that, you know, opening opening scene with Ahsoka on the temple, uh, fighting those really, really cool assassin droids. I love those things. Those things are so dope. Uh, and even when she escapes, really, really cool. Um, Hu Yang, Hu Yang is a beloved droid already. Uh, he's not exactly like, you know, an R2 unit or like a chopper unit. Um, he has a, a, a more personal vibe. A lot of droids are more reserved and just like out of the whole picture. I'm thinking like R2-D2, even though he's very personable. Um, Hugh Yang has this element of personality, kind of like C-3PO. C-3PO is very, you know, personable. He's very friendly. So I, I kind of get that vibe with Hugh Yang as well. He's very personable. Um, and he, you know, he's, he's a great droid and he's very, very logical. Um, Sabine even said, Hu Yang, why are you being so rude? And he's like, I'm not being rude. I'm being logical. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So when Ahsoka, she barely makes it out with her life on the temple. Um, yeah. I mean, after this, it it was really cool seeing Hera live action. So here's my main problem with the Ahsoka show. And it's a minuscule problem. Like I rate this episode a 10 out of 10. I had no problems with this episode. There is a slight problem, however, is I'm not 100% a feeling Ahsoka's character. Obviously, I know it's Ahsoka, of course, the voices match up perfectly, um, but I'm not 100% feeling Ahsoka's character for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe just the jump from animation to live action was like too much, but 
I mean, and even some other Star Wars fans are feeling this. Like, they are not 100% on board with live-action Ahsoka. That's not to say that she's going to grow on me. I think she will. Um, but, I mean, just in some of the scenes, she just looked pretty bored and just really depressed. I mean, for good reason. She's been through a lot. I mean, Order 66 had mon- monumental effects on the Jedi. Um, so hopefully, you know, Rosario Dawson kind of fits into better with the, you know, Ashley Eckstein version of Ahsoka that we're all so used to. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how kind of Ahsoka evolves throughout the show and if she's going to get better. And I think she will. I think she really will. Um, now, I don't have a huge problem with like the live action Ahsoka. Um, just if, if they could if they could maybe mold the Rosario Dawson Ahsoka a little bit more to the animation Ashley Eckstein more lively Ahsoka. I think that would benefit the show really, really uh, much. Um but just right now, Ahsoka kind of feels like a little bit of an old, I'm going to say it, maybe a little bit of an old Karen. Like she's always just kind of annoyed and just depressed and just, I don't know, just not a lot of energy. Like her eyes are kind of slouching and drowsing and stuff. And it's just like, okay. But that's the only problem I had with the show. Now this problem is a minuscule, tiny, tiny little problem. I still rate the show a 10 out of 10. And I think the show is probably the best Star Wars show I've ever seen. It probably tops Mandalorian actually. Like this is, this is serious stuff. This is 100% prime Star Wars Dave Filoni inspired content it's ridiculously good it's oh man it's so good even the writing is not even cheap it's not even lazy it's really good you know exactly what's gonna happen you know the plot um and the plot is thickening um yeah so you know as we as we it's even as we see Hera is in the show Hera is pretty cool I mean I feel like they got Hera's voice pretty spot on um so seeing Hera live action is pretty jarring. Like seeing all these characters live action is like, oh, it's like a new take on the whole entire thing. Um, but it's still so conglomerative. Um, and and again, let me just clear the air. Maybe I bashed Ahsoka a little too harsh. The Rosario Dawson Ahsoka is a different Ahsoka, but it's a really, really well done Ahsoka because it's live action. That's not to say that the jump from animation to live action is abrupt. I think it is very abrupt. Um, but I mean, Rosario Dawson carries Ahsoka very, very well, and they chose a spectacular actress for, uh, Ahsoka's role. And another thing, Rosario Dawson's voice is like identical to Ashley Eckstein's. It's so, so close. It's really close. And I feel like that carries the character a lot. Um, so, and even like the eye shade and everything is just so spot on. Um, it's just a little, maybe, maybe put a little bit of spice of Eckstein into your acting there, Rosario. And I think that would benefit you. Um, and this, this was one thing that the Star Wars Stuff podcast was saying, uh, Colin from the Star Wars Stuff podcast, they're a great Star Wars podcast. Uh, they do their research. Um, he said that he thinks actually Eckstein is actually on the set with Rosario Dawson kind of coaching Rosario through who Ahsoka is because no one knows Ahsoka better than Ashley Eckstein because actually Eckstein was the first actor of Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. So, I mean, having that core actress that played Ahsoka on set with you to help you kind of, you know, step into this new character is actually really, really um, beneficial. So hopefully they're doing that. If they're not, that's okay. But, you know, it's just an idea. Um, So, you know, Hera suggests that Ahsoka go, you know, talk with Sabine because Sabine is pretty, pretty great when it comes to cracking codes. 
So then Ahsoka goes to Sabine. Uh, Sabine's character was pretty cool. I feel like the the you know the the person that traveled the best from animation to live action was Sabine. I feel like they got the voice, they got everything about Sabine really, really well done uh, in this show. And Natasha Leo Bordizzo is great actress. Um, she's really believable. She's not like shallow or anything. So, and even that opening scene with Sabine, you know, running with her speeder bike throughout the streets and she slides under that ship. I thought it was really cool. Really great cinematics. We got Star Wars rock and roll, baby. That's so cool. Isn't it crazy? Like Sabine's, you know, she's using her speeder and the song was actually kind of vibey, honestly. Like she's using her speeder. She's going throughout the streets of Lothal. She's missing the entire ceremony and everybody's like, where is Sabine? Especially the leader of Lothal. And in the background, we hear, um, we hear Star Wars rock and roll, which I thought was pretty great. Not gonna lie. Um, so really cool how they put a little, you know, rock and roll in there. Sabine didn't show up for the ceremony and every year Lothal has a ceremony to commemorate Ezra and his team, Kanan Jarrus, Hera, Sabine, Ren, all those people about how they liberated Lothal from the hand of the empire. Sabine doesn't show up to the meeting that kind of grounds for the general public that Sabine ain't no rule follower. She is her own master. She is, you know, pretty spicy when it comes to authorities. Uh, she doesn't like to be ruled. She likes to be her own master, which is pretty spicy. Um, so yeah, so Sabine goes home. She turns on her last message that Ezra sent before the crew uh, went to war or when Ezra disappeared, the last message um, when Ezra disappeared. Really, really cool seeing Ezra live action. Another character that really, really traveled well from animation to live action was Ezra. I feel like the actor they got for Ezra was pretty, pretty dang spot on. Uh, really, 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 really good uh, travel there uh, from Ezra to, you know, from from the animation to live action. They got a really, really good actor to play Ezra. So hopefully we'll see more of Ezra in the show. I think we will. Uh, some form of or another. I just, I mean, if if we get the only appearance that Ezra is going to make in the show is just a hologram message. I'm going to be pretty disappointed. I think, yeah, that's not going to be too ideal there. I don't know. But yeah, anyways, Ahsoka lands on Lothal. She meets with Sabine and, you know, they kind of talk. Hu Yang identifies Balin Skull's lightsaber, which means Balin Skull's a Jedi or used to be. Um, Sabine steals the key. And we can kind of see Ahsoka, you know, her little annoyed side come out. She's like, Sabine, why did you take that? I don't appreciate that. And we can see some, you know, kind of rocky, rocky relationships between, you know, Sabine and Ahsoka. I mean, they were best buddies. You know, Ahsoka never finished Sabine's training, just like Anakin never finished Ahsoka's training. Um, so, you know, we can see a little bit of a rocky relationship with those two. Uh, so hopefully they'll make up. And I think they will. I mean, they're 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 really... Once you spend that that much time with a person and been and go through that much turmoil, you pretty you know you become best friends. So I think they'll be a, they'll be okay. Sabine is at home. She gets pranked and assassinated. Uh, no, just kidding. She gets ambushed by those crazy droids, and the droids steal the key. So which means the key is in the hands of the enemy. The key is in the hands of Shin Hattie. Uh, the duel that Shin Hattie and Sabine had, I thought was pretty great. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, 
I thought it was pretty reserved. I thought it was like a seven, the duel that, you know, Sabine and Shin Hattie had. Um, you know, obviously Sabine hasn't used her lightsaber in a lot of months, maybe even a year, a couple of years. Uh, so she's pretty rusty, even though she's, she's still pretty great, um, but she still is pretty rusty um, with her lightsaber. So what I'm thinking, like Shin Hattie, she's way more developed than Sabine, obviously. But I mean, I feel like Shin Hattie, what she was doing when she fought Sabine, she was kind of testing the waters. She's kind of saying, okay, here's this new girl on the block. Her name's Sabine. She has a lightsaber. She has some training. Let me just see what her skill level is before I wound her, teach her a lesson and take the key. Uh, so that's what you know, Shin Hattie was doing. She she was not out to kill Sabine because she didn't think Sabine was a direct threat yet. Um, so Shin Hattie was just kind of testing the waters. Who's this person who has the key? You know, what's her skill level? And then I'm gonna I'm gonna wound you, make you pay, put you through pain because you tried to mess with me. You know, Shin Hattie is incredibly ambitious. Uh, she loves a good fight. She's uh pretty fearless and scary. So. It's going to be great when we see Sabine and Shin Hattie's rematch because we got some notes of that from the trailer. So Sabine gets injured. She falls to the ground and the episode ends 10 out of 10. We are starting off pretty spicy uh, with this Ahsoka show. Um, the first two episodes were amazing. Uh, and go ahead and proceed in listening to my next episode. Uh, episode 2 of the Ahsoka show. This has been episode one. Thank you so much for listening. I'm an Apple podcast, Spotify podcast, and Google podcast. If you know someone who is a crazy nerd and an Ahsoka fan and a Star Wars fan, feel free to share this podcast with them. Uh, go ahead and leave a review. Email me. I really appreciate that. Uh, you guys got my back. Thank you so much for listening. For now, my name is Ty, and yeah, may the Force be with you. Yeah.